Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, this is Off Point at 30, a uh, show where myself, Les Steed, and uh, Marlon White talk about our lives and uh, everything that's led to being 30, and uh, hopefully manage to address the topic of the day. Essentially, we talk about what it is like to completely go off point in life and off point in topic. Yeah, so we're trying to capitalise on that. Jesus. Um, okay, so today, speaking of capitalism, um, today's topic, we hope, is um, being unemployed at this age, or being employed at this age, actually. Um, Marlon and I both met at university, so it's safe to say we both have degrees. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're both reasonably well qualified, I'd say. I mean, like, yeah, what did you do in, What did you do at uni? So I did business management and film studies. And I did criminology and psychology. As you can tell, neither of us did anything that was particularly functionally uh, sound. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um, but I mean, I think the main reason that I chose what I did was um, because my worst nightmare, personally, is that whole being a sedentary sedentary. Yeah, I can say the word, don't worry. Sedentary uh, cubicle job like the one in Mr. Incredible. You know, yeah. the one that Mr. Incredible has, yeah. and he throws his boss through the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, sorry, through the walls. Yeah, that's my worst nightmare. And ever since I was little, absolutely terrified me. But also, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that I was just, you know, like sort of good enough in my hands to um, do something like, you know, like being a blacksmith or something. I'm not saying that, that or like, you know, being an engineer or anything like that. I think that even though I was actually pretty good in, general school i don't think i was particularly brilliant at anything that was as practical i mean that's why i'm a writer really at the moment well like for, i think for me it was completely different um i didn't really have a plan for what i was going to do with my degree yeah, neither did I. Like, I, always, I always said yeah i'm going to do i'm just going to work in the business side of film i was like when you think about what does that mean like what, yeah, well, what, i mean what's the aim mm. so that i kind of i guess as i said before in the previous episode that Getting to university was like almost the finish line. I, I didn't really think about what I was going to do next. Yeah. For me, it was um, it was just a question of doing something that I found interesting. Yeah. So I bombed my A-levels. Originally, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when did you give oh, up on that? When I was did like you give 16, up on that dream? I was so young of hope. And like, turned out that my, God, the, my lowest GCSE was in chemistry. And uh, I'm like, nah, it's probably just a bad day. Because I am a fucking idiot. And um, I decided it was a good idea <laughs> to, um, but then, yeah, then I had like a few experiences with sort of psychology where, you know, for example, one of my friends uh, developed an eating disorder and I wanted to learn more about that. Um, and that was one of the main reasons why I studied it because because um, it's just important to really get into sort of understanding people. And I've always loved that. Um, it's why I'm now, you know, a journalist and uh, why I was, did okay as a teacher. Um, but yeah, now we've ended up, I've ended up in a position in my life where it's a question of which path to follow, you know? Um, but having done Hence the title of Off Point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Off Point enough. Because yeah. I mean, I always imagined at this stage that, you know, I'd have a solid job. Like, you know, I think we grow up with this image, yeah. uh, that our parents, I don't know about your parents, but my parents definitely had, um, quite a simple sort of ABC progression. Yeah. You know, you end up with, they're buying their first house age 24, 26 in a reasonably nice area now, but they're buying it for like £50,000, yeah. which back then I guess is equivalent of hundred grand. but still, I mean, nowadays, I don't know about you, but I mean, like, I couldn't imagine having the resources age 24 to do that. I think there are people who do, but I think that nowadays, I think the um, the value of property has gone up, and I think that, and it, to be fair, I've got a few friends who've managed it, but, you know, it's a whole generation rent thing versus um, being able to actually afford to be on the property ladder at all but i think that's something we should probably address later because i mean I think you're about to sort of make yeah, that i'm in start. the process of buying a house actually across the street from where i live right now right now um obviously it's very hard to buy a property in london it's crazy um only way me and my partner can actually afford to do it is on the help to buy scheme where mm. essentially you pay 55 percent mortgage and then the rest is loaned by the government so you've got five years until this interest kicks in. So you have to figure out, like, save up all your money in, like, five years to either pay off the loan you've taken out or pretty much sell up. So, like, would you say that, like, sort of what you're paid to do, like, right now I'm guessing, I mean, I know you do, you have a job. Yeah. Like, a proper job. I mean, personally, I work in a bar at the same time. Yes. Yeah. You know, trying to, well, work as Well, as I've said um, before, I did business management and film studies and, mm. um, as you know, I, I'm not working in film. No, you're working in I'm education. Barely, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm working in education. Do you feel that like um, the requirements for this house, um, given the fact you've been at your job for about three or four years, yeah. 
do you feel that like you know the the amount I'd that you've been in my industry for about six years? Like, on my current job, I've been there about a year and a half. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you got about six years of experience. Yeah. So you know you've been working since you were what, like 24, 25? Um, 23. Sorry, 23. Sorry, yeah. So would you say that, you know, like where you are at your career now is like befitting of sort of the mortgage that you expected to pay? Mm, yes and no. Um, yes, um, we, me and my missus can afford it just about on the help to buy scheme alone. If it was on the open market, it would be a bit diff- uh, difficult for both of us to afford. Yeah, because I mean, she does, um, well, she actually uses a psychology degree. She's a business psychologist. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally, I've bagged, you know, I've managed to start going out with a surgeon. Yeah. Which, for someone who's unemployed, is like, you know, jackpot. I mean, the statistical likelihood of somebody like that thinking that I'm like, you know, quite cool. <laughs> uh, you know, cool enough to be like, oh, oh, and handsome. And I'm just like, I'm sitting like, <laughs> but, uh, so out of my league. I'd say the interesting thing about you is that you kind of pursue what you like, which yeah. is, I kind of admire it. Mm. I'm not, I don't Thank think you. I'm sort of brave enough to go out there. Not that I'm not brave enough, it's just that I Literally cannot afford to do that. Literally, oh. if I was unemployed, I'll, I'll be like, I'll be like literally devastated. Oh no, I, I was devastated. I um, I spent like a year um saving up because originally I was going yeah. to go to Canada with uh, my ex. Oh, so you planned it out? Well, sort of. Um, things went to pot. Um, so I had, I had, I was like living at home with my parents for about a year or two, and in that time, instead of spending my money on rent, I would save up half my wage, which wasn't a lot to be honest. As a start out journalist, it was. I think I've discussed it in the last episode where it was quite low. And, um, which is normal. I mean, you know, like it's, it is what it is. That's the gig. But, um, I think that I managed to save up about half of my wages, um, every month. And so when I was doing that, um, I managed to sort of like build a little nest egg of about sort of 10 grand after I bought my new bike. And then since being unemployed, um, I've been, well, I wouldn't say I was unemployed, but I, you know, I've spent my money, but I've spent, I've splurged a little bit. Um, when I had my motorbike stolen, I had to buy a new one that cost me an extra 2,000 pounds. You know, because Liverpool police can't do their damn jobs. Oh, in Liverpool, you got stolen. Yeah, yeah, Merseyside. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's a different story, and I'll um, I'll discuss that in another episode. Um, entitled why you know why Merseyside? Why hate the police? Suck a <laughs> dick. Honest to God, those guys couldn't solve a solve crime. I found the people within four days. The police were like, yeah, yeah, we're still looking. I'll look get, at the address I give them. No, they uh, the the. There was a bunch of there was a couple of kids who put it on their Instagrams and stuff. We have pictures of them. We've got their names. We've got their address. Um, we've got film of them riding the, the motorbike, which was unique, up and down the damn road. Yeah. And the police, this 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 uh, PC who was eventually assigned to me after ten days um, of me just screaming. I mean, they rang me up to tell me to stop sending them evidence. They 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 told me that stop um, doing my job. For yeah, me. exactly. No, he was like, "Are you a professionally trained officer?" I was like, "Well, no." But here's the thing: I can still do your fucking job faster than you can. And these guys were pathetic. I mean, I've ne- I think of the whole thing: the fact that a my you know my those fourteen year olds sitting there going yeah with my on my bike, my precious little bike. Yeah. That I, and it, 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 the thing about being a biker is that it matters so yeah. much. Your motorbike represents who you are. You spend years dreaming of this bike. You've spent did you name all it? your money. Uh, yeah, Betsy. <laughs> Why Betsy? <laughs> Betsy. Well, okay, so the tradition is... Um, it sounds like my... an old shitty Yeah, bike. No, that's the point, that's the point. Okay, so like basically my, the story is that my first girlfriend, uh, the one you knew uh, back at university, she was um, she was quite jealous, to say the least. I of mean, your she bike? Was, or no, in general? no, in general. Like, okay. insanely... Well, I mean, literally insanely jealous. Um, to the point where I gave a girl a hug once and she slapped me so hard in the face <laughs> that... Not the girl, I mean, like my then-girlfriend... Uh, slapped me so hard in the face that the drink fell out of my hand. I mean, it was really fucked up. Actually, it was technically domestic violence, but um, it was definitely assault because um, they were ringing in my ear for three days, and it's still a little bit flappy and dodgy. But anyway, um, the point is that <laughs> whoops, um, yeah. But like with that whole um, feeling of uh, sorry, I've forgotten where I was going with that. What? what wait, how did I get onto the? Story about you know who. So you're just explaining about why you named your bike. You gave. Oh yeah, you the bike. Yeah, you gave yeah, your so, bike. Okay, so my first bike was called Shirley. Oh, because it's like you know, because I knew that if I was going to be ringing up anyone and mentioning her in a phone call, be like oh yeah, I was riding Shirley all morning. Um, you know, then I'm not going to get punched in the face. Uh, you know, like I'm not going to get drop kicked by this bitch. And like, um, yeah. So that so kind of started this tradition, and like all the motorbikes I've had in between have all had like old lady names. Yeah. So we had um, Shirley. Then it was Thunderbird Two because uh, I was with a bunch of guys out in. in Indonesia and we all had different Thunderbirds and mine happened to be blue so Thunderbird 2 um, I don't know if that's actually the colour of the rocket in Th- that is Thunderbird 2 but whatever um, and then we've got um, 
yeah, then it was Agnes, who was named after the girl who is really sort of like, you know, the manliest of us, which was this girl. So, this, like, so did this actually work, though, what? in terms of her jealousy? Um, well, it was quite funny for me because I pretend, but um, I don't think she ever really had a sense of humor about it. Okay. Um, you know, she didn't like it and it, she was still quite a jealous person, you know, no matter what. And um, which was a shame because it does affect you, I think, when people are jealous uh, to a high degree that it actually starts to control your life without you realizing. Yeah. It's, I think with like that kind of suppression and with that kind of abuse... Um, and it is, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, everyone gets jealous. I like a bit of jealousy. It's okay to have someone think that, you know, like, it's uh, nice when you get home, you miss in a little bit of a huff because the so barmaid was being particularly nice or something. I think, I don't know. let's address the elephant in the room pretty much, like, your relationship. You, no, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, like, no, okay, right. But my point is, actually, you know what? We can talk about jealousy and I think we can talk about sort of, yeah. like, anger and how that affects you. I think that, um, obviously, for the, from the outset, it does, it takes two to tango. It's not. I'm not going to pretend for a minute that um, I'm Lily White at all. I'm not, yeah. and I don't think that anyone who is in that situation completely has no power of decision making or anything like that. I think that anybody who's been in a situation where you know where you're like that, it, it can be very difficult. But there is no point. There are very. It's very rare that there is no absolutely no control. Um, for anybody listening, how long were you with your your ex? About five or I'd say about well, I mean, we broke up about thirteen times in the end. It was crazy, but um, I would say that you know about five years. Five years. Um, and this is somebody who was um, extremely clingy um, and quite manipulative. I would say, in retrospect, I think this is somebody who, uh, while we would never say their name on th- on you know on file, it it is something that still like kind of affects you like sort of seven or eight, ten years down the line. Um, and it, would you say you're, you've been changed? Do you say you're oh, currently affected right now by it? I wouldn't say I was as affected as I have been in the past. I think that um, also there are bits that you forget and bits that you don't forget. And there's situations where, you know, in new relationships um, that do kind of cause red flags that are a bit bolder than they otherwise would be. Um, you know, for example, somebody going through my phone now would probably catch them a dumping. Um, but I think that if you... Um, but I mean, like, you know, but I, I think that's something I've always been a bit funny about because I just don't like people going through my phone at all or looking at, you know, and it so, shows a lot of lack of trust. And I think that as soon as there's a slight hint of a lack of trust, that's where I start to be suspicious. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I, you know. I would you to, ever give your password to a partner? Yeah, I think I would. I mean, I know that. Have you ever? Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a few exes that knew my pen. I mean, I've yeah. changed it since, but. And would you, like, if they wanted to just open your phone, would you be okay with that? Um, right now, yeah, probably. Um, cause I mean, I don't have anything to hide anyway. Um, and also I think it's at their own risk. Cause I think <laughs> that, I mean, like, I've always got this philosophy now that, you know, if, if I feel like there's something going wrong and I'm feeling super uncomfortable with my partner, then, and then there's something that they won't talk about, then usually that means it's shifty as shit. Yeah. And then that's already enough of a red flag for me to be like, okay, I'm just going to sort of park it, maybe come back to it another time or, you know, but I think that's a lot to do with having the maturity and having the experience now. Yeah. I think that if my partner wouldn't kept continually accusing me of cheating on them when I hadn't or kept making me feel like shit about myself for uh, things that were actually reasonably normal behaviours, you know, like, for example, like going to a... I mean, like one time I went to a bar in uh, Weatherspoons and um, I just got chatting to the barmaid because I'm generally quite friendly. Um, and I was just a bit stressed, tired, you know, I'd been doing a course for a long time. And I ordered shots for me and my ex because it's a birthday. Yeah. And... Um, and she came up and she just pushed the um, the tray. And the barmaid was like, what the fuck? And I was like, um, okay. And she goes, oh, sorry, I fell over. Whoopsie daisy. Hmm. Oh, no balance. I'm like, but you're sober. You know, you've definitely been able to, you know, you're not, those heels aren't that high. And, you know, and it was just kind of this really awkward, weird situation. And I just paid like sort of 15 quid. And when you're a student, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I had to buy them around again. And it's just really embarrassing, very awkward. And, this is because somebody who has no right to be jealous of anything, who I've just spent my entire evening waiting for and to get for them to get ready, has then gone and done that. And it, it was just a really bizarre thing. And it wasn't the first time they've been behaving like that. But um, left to elaborate, um, you were her first proper relationship? Um, I think you ended up with, you know, I would say, first adult relationship. Really. First adult relationship. Um, yeah. And I think that... Um, it's very difficult to be. Uh, I mean, I think that's a lot of pressure. And also, I think she was realistically my first adult relationship. So I think that there's also sort of a question of what you conceive love to be mm. as when you're young and um, what it actually. When we met, how long were you together? About three, uh, 
two, three years? Two, no, three years, years before yeah. you met me. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I met them. I met this particular individual in the first, um, in the first year of university. Yeah. So it was. Um, but I would say that it was quite. I learned a lot. I think that um, one of the things I did not quite enjoy, but one of the things I took from it was that um, this person was very intelligent, very um, capable, and very. You know, I mean, like she was very sexy and very interesting, and like you know, and I, I wouldn't. I mean, you know, like we were friends until recently. Um, you know, even after the fact, and I think that that is part of it is that, you know, I, but I had to physically move countries to escape that mindset and not just to escape the person, but to I escape the f- mindset. I have a theory that like some, some people just spark a chemical re- reaction with just really just explosive. And I think mm. and so I, I, I was there to witness well. a lot of your, your, not a lot of your relationship, but like at least a year of your relationship yeah. of living with you for a year. And I, th- I saw that it was just explosive. It just it was the I mean, because I'm quite an emotional person, yeah. I think, and I think that if you know how to press somebody like my buttons, then you get any reaction you want. Yeah. Um, and I think that the problem was that this person knew exactly which buttons to press. Yeah. So she would press them, for example, um, feigning dependency on me just because she wanted my attention or because she didn't want to sleep alone. When actually we'd broken up, yeah, three months beforehand, and then she fakes that. Um, she's been injured or her, my friend has been injured and actually yeah. I cut home and I've actually been injured having snapped my ankle uh, to go and you know like sort of rescue people who are, I've been told are being called having ambulances called for them and shit which of course is stupid when you're drunk and you're like in your early 20s that's and you know given the amount of drama that we that we went through um, it wasn't exactly beyond the pale um, and then to get home and find these two people sitting in my kitchen having a laugh was really fucked up so can you, what, what happened in that situation? Um, I got, okay, so I was with, um, I'd split up with this ex of mine about three months beforehand. I guess about Christmas time. Yeah, I split up with her because I just, because she was sleeping in my bed in my single room and they yeah. not let me have the light on in my own room when I'm trying to study. And I'm in my third and this year. this is during my, after, my This is during year. our time, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. then she would like sort of loiter around our block. It was really messed up actually. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that if it had been a man who was, I think had the gender roles been reversed, it, there would have been charges pressed. But because, um, you know, like of the situation being what it was, I mean, you know, we just had to kind of um, kick them out, but they still wouldn't go. And it's, it's very difficult to to handle that, really, because, um, yeah, I mean, you know, like, I mean, what, what do you do? I mean, how do you get rid of something? You can't just call the cops on somebody who you still love. Um, and, you know, it's hard to um, to make to to separate the behavior and the person when it's some a person that you love. But, you know, you're still in love with this person, but then you've also got their behavior is just unacceptable. And But the problem is that after a long time, you don't know any different. And you have a sort of, you know, you have that sort of feeling of responsibility towards them, which has been well ingrained. And um, I think that when that happens, you know, like you, you, you want to tell people, oh, she didn't mean it or he didn't mean it. And I've got a friend of mine who had a similar situation where um, behaviour that should not have occurred did um, between her boyfriend and somebody else. And, you know, I'm not going to pinpoint that guy at all, but it was it was very uncomfortable for everyone there. And it was obvious jealousy and obviously something that was done on purpose. And it was just a very immature thing. Um, but I think it's got a lot to do with personality. I think also these people can change. I don't believe that anyone's just sitting there, you know, and I think a lot of it is to do with insecurity. And I think Are you in communication with her now? No, not at all. You know um, what's going on in her life? Not or? really. I know that she's quite a powerful CEO at the moment. But, oh, good. You know, yes, psychopaths. Um, Congratu- <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that... Um, but yeah, let's move away from that because I think that that's part of life that you have to park and then leave. Yeah. But I think that when, when it comes up, you know, obviously it does sort of bring up a lot of images. And but also you're clearly still affected by this. Yeah, it's still, still I mean, had an impact on your like, your current life. Yeah, Do you think you have an impact on your relationship moving forward? I or? think that it, I think that it creates a, a very different base yeah. plate to one that could have existed. Um, but I also think that it's a lot to do with me as a person and like, um, you know, and I think that that base plate wouldn't, ex- it takes two people to make that paint, you know? Mm. Um, and I think that it would be silly and irresponsible of me to say that I didn't have a long a lot to do with it. Yeah, I would also say that it made that in retrospect I feel weak, but at the time I felt I was being strong. Yeah. Um, and for example, there'd be times when you know I got walked all over, but actually I felt that I was doing the right thing to make 
things good for them and being quite um, selfless. When actually, no, I mean, like with a, with retrospect, I think I was just getting walked all over, and it's something that does affect you. But it's also when you recognise that behaviour from someone else, you can cut off. You can, you know, can you move know, away, and, and also to know what the consequences. Have you really have you are. been able to move away when you recognise that? Have you like been able to recognise that behaviour earlier on mm, in the relationship? Like in it the depends. First... In, in later relationships, there have been times where I've met a cut off point that I can't tolerate, and I'm perfectly able to stop that from yeah. happening. Um, I think the objective reasoning, uh, when you are that emotional, takes a lot of courage. And I think yeah. that it's something that's not easy to do at all. I mean, like, you know, for me, I don't know about you, but it takes me at least a year to get over somebody, especially somebody I care about. Um, but I think also nowadays I would go into a relationship with. I think before my my current my current partner, I've only been in love one time. And I guess that was like the most painful experience going uh, I've ever been through. Worst. And it was just like the worst. It took me years to get over it, sort of thing. Yeah. But once I got over it, I was over it forever. I was over the person. I, did, I literally couldn't care less what they're doing now. Mm. I just don't care. Yeah, see, I, I think that there's a sort of year, because I mean, I know that with my most recent, you know, one, um, my most recent one, actually, I still talk to anyway because we're friends, and it was a relationship that was never really going to, yeah, you know, like go through because we're two different people. But um, the one that you know I was very, very in love with took me a year. To, it's taken me a year to even be able to sort of talk about it without like launching into a spiral, spiral type narrative. Um, and with your one, I think that you know, I mean, like actually, I don't know because I don't really know that much about what happened with you. Um, but did you find that like? Did you find that there was a lot of blame, self blame, and a lot of blaming of the other person? Or did you understand, like, I mean, why did you break up with this person? Well, they kind of broke up with me. Oh, that we were, was one of those situations where we were friends for many years and then we decided to cross the line. Mm. And then, like, I think, like, she's the one that introduced, like, the term love and everything. And I never really said that to a person before. But, mm. yeah, I said it to her and then, like, like literally shattered my heart pretty much. Uh, but then, like... Why did that? What happened after that? Like, cause I'm assuming so we we went back to try. We tried to go back being to being friends, but I felt like we got to a point where I was just completely over the situation, and then they would just talk to me like crazy one day, and I was just like, you know what? I don't care anymore. What do you mean by like they would talk to you like crazy? Basically, like you know, some people when they get into arguments, they will say anything to a person, what, like, like anything, to try anything, to anything disrespectful, like exactly yeah. to, to hurt you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, I was we'll trying to manipulate you yeah. in some way. For me, I'm like, once you say certain things to a person, you can't take it back. Mm. You, you like, I think there are some things yeah. you should be able to take back, and I think there, there, there are some things you can take back, but there are certain things you like. You don't talk to somebody you, like you wouldn't talk to a relative like that. You don't talk to a friend like that. And I think, like, talking to somebody that you're supposed to care about in a certain way is not right. Yeah. And for me, like, some certain people talk to me a certain way. I'm like, me and you are done. Yeah. Forever, pretty much. And and I gave this person multiple chances, like... Was it, were they shouting at you, or was it more... No, like, it's just certain things they will say, like... Certain, what, like, were they, like, keep... Certain names down? they might... Certain things they might call you, certain things they might say to you. Like, I remember being, like, unemployed one time. They're like, oh, you're broke and stuff like that. Why, you're, why, are, they, why are they rubbing it in? They should yeah, be supporting you. That's yeah, not yeah. right. I mean, so, like, just certain things, right, like, but... certain things I wouldn't really tolerate from anybody else, but I tolerated from this person. Yeah. And they got to a point, they, like, when we became friends, and um, they talked to me, like, really crazy one time. I was like, I was going to, like, respond to them. Like, this is by um, WhatsApp. Yeah. I was going to respond to them. I'm like, literally, I do not care. Yeah. I'm, I couldn't care less. Yeah, I think I got uh, to a point in my like in my in my mental where I was like, I do not care. Yeah. So I just like I started responding. I I just deleted what I was about to respond and then just moved on with life. Yeah. And I, I got think... to I got to a point where like my life has improved so much since this person's been out of my life. It's just like mm. cutting a cancer. Jesus. I'll, I'll go with that extreme to describe it as cancer, kind of cancer of your life, and then there's still quite a yeah, lot of wound to heal. But yeah, yeah. It does yeah so I'll, this is that, and then I met my missus probably about just under a year later, and then like my whole life started going up and up. Yeah, you, I mean, you got getting better jobs, getting better pay. Mm. I'm at a point where I'm about to get married next year in, in August. 
a point where I'm about to buy a property, mm. although it's even helped to buy, but still, it's just yeah, but so you're still much about more. to make those steps yeah. forward in life. With my income person. is in, like increasing every year. Would you just, say that was down to the relationship you currently have? I think a good. Coincidence? I, th- no, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's a, down to a good relationship. Mm. Yeah, I did find that um, my last job, I think one of the major factors as to why I lost it. And I don't want to say I lost it. I think I'd say that um, I couldn't take the combination between a stressful job and also a stressful uh, domestic situation. Yeah. Um, I think this time last year, it was crazy. Um, there was, um, I wouldn't say that I was angry. At, I mean, there were times when I just really fell apart. And I think that um, when you don't have that sort of support that you need, especially when you do need it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, this person, my my most recent ex, she was a phenomenal person. She was my best friend. And this is somebody who I still respect. Um, even though, you know, they really did mess me up quite a lot. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm a victim here. I mean, I, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, we both shouted at each other and there were faults that, you know, were avoidable, I would say. Um, but yeah, I think that... It's very difficult because um, you said before you described you know this ex-girlfriend of yours as being quite cancerous. Um, for me, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that, that um, my most recent one was... I'd say that they were just kind of in a, in a strange place themselves and then that they probably couldn't just couldn't cope with it. And then also... But then that ended up getting reflected on me as well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I mean, I did things that were stupid and I think that they did things that were also stupid. But... I think it's a shame when you can't reconcile in person um, because you're both hurting. And I think that it's a shame that... So did you break up by text message? Or oh, no, no, no. I was at her house and okay. um, it kind of came out of the blue because I just kind of reached that point where I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Um, there were a series of revelations of things that should have been discussed very early on. But How we long were we together? Two years. Two years. Um, and at this point, I think we were engaged. Well, we weren't engaged engaged, but we were kind of like semi-engaged. You know, that that there was an understanding, I'd yeah. say. Um, but I feel that, um, that they were just a bit immature for that level. And I think that I pushed them into that. And I think they pushed me into other things that, you know, so I wasn't what was the for. age difference between you two? About four or five years. Four or five yeah, years. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, 26, don't you know, 25? Uh, 26, 25. Yeah. They were about 24, 25 and I was about 29 when we okay. split. So yeah. it was, um, yeah, I mean, Do you I, think you know, that play a factor into it? There's a huge factor in it because I think that if you don't, I mean, I don't know, it's hard to tell, because I think in many regards, they, they, this girl was a lot more mature than I am. But I think that emotionally speaking, um, I was a lot more um, a lot more open than, than they were. I think that this is somebody who is very close. And I think that one of the things I've learned is that it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot to sort of understand the differences in personalities with somebody who you want to relate to in a really big way. Um, so when you have that, you know, you, it's a lot to give up. Her actions um, fucked with my head, and it's taken me about it took me about ten months to even come to terms with the idea that I wasn't um, that you know that that I wasn't a complete that I wasn't completely in the wrong. Um, and I think because you don't want to blame them, because to you they're always going to be perfect when you're um, you know when when you've always thought that you know. And it's a very difficult thing to start seeing somebody in a different way. I was thinking about like age differences like yeah you said that you don't think it really played a part in your relationship well i mean i would compare it to the one i'm in now where i'm with somebody who's five years older than yeah me. so um obviously they're two very different people yeah and i'm not comparing the two women at all because you can't um but the level of maturity is more apparent however um one of the things i really like about my current girlfriend is the fact that she is a very mature person but at the same time kind of immature but in a different way um you know, like, this is somebody who um, is one of the most intelligent women I've ever known, intelligent people I've ever met, um, extremely professional. I know that, you know, like, your girlfriend, she's a little bit, well, sorry, your fiancé. Yeah, she's, she's um, four old, years older. Yeah, saying, and mine's about five, four and a half, five years older. If I say anything more than that, she'll kill me. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's true, but, um, yeah, and um, I think that the maturity level, I don't know about you, but for me, the maturity level does show because when we discuss things that are quite difficult to talk about, um, but, you know, or like sort of emotion, or like, you know, you're trying to figure out the world. Because I think that, you know, for me particular, for me, I don't know about you, but I'm perpetually trying to learn stuff. Um, I find what she talks about fascinating when she talks about her work, um, which, you know, she talks about very objectively. I don't know any patient's name or anything like that because that's completely against the law and she's a very professional <laughs> person. She won't let, she won't tell me. Yeah. It's driving me nuts. I'm like, come on, give me one. She's like, no. No. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, she'll stop herself halfway through a story um, about, 
I don't know, someone who's been stabbed. Oh, yeah, she talks about stabbings as if it's Jesus. like, as if we're talking about sort of what we have for lunch. And she's just like, oh, yeah, I had another stabbing. And I was like, hang on a minute. Uh, <laughs> tell the story. And she goes, no, I can't. Like, well, <laughs> that, like, shocking because your background. Um, yeah, because journalism and stuff like that, it's, we love a good stabbing. Uh, if it bleeds, it leads. And to me, um, that's like, boom. for me, particularly, I, People used to carry knife when I was in school. Well, we never had that. Yeah, so like, we were. I think that the idea of someone carrying a knife, yeah. or not. I mean, I mean, there was the weird kid on the bus who once carried a knife yeah. just because he was being bullied. But that's more teenager trying to. From like sort of, age of fourteen, was like people carrying knife. I have a friend that got stabbed to about fourteen, Jesus fifteen. It was just yeah. I remember uh, my first time hearing about a murder. Of this girl in my the year above me got murdered by a stepdad. Holy Pretty gruesomely, shit. he stabbed stabbed the little brother to death seven, uh, at age seven. He strangled her to death, beat the mother to death. What so the that, was the fr- that was about 14, 15 years old. So How? he has crazy stories like that. Was he up. like, what happened there? Did he like just snap and go crazy? Or well, he, apparently he was very abusive to the mum. He used to like, like crazy domestic abuse. So Fuck. one day he completely lost it. And then, That's me whining about my ex for yeah, she hit me a couple yeah. of times. Jesus Christ, this guy's so, like mental. yeah. yeah. Like, how do you end up like in that position? Like? It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and like, the, the, the funniest thing, like you do j- journalism. Yeah. Literally, I, I I got home that day after hearing about this at school. Mm. Oh, she, every day, like, oh, girl, she's dead. So I'm like, fuck. And mm. then I like, got home and I like, put on, I don't normally watch the news like that, so I put on the news. Mm. Literally sat there through the whole entire news, bunch of bullshit, bunch of bullshit. Then it got on like, oh, family free murdered in whatever, North London somewhere. Wow. Oh, moving on to the sports. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> like, you know, like for us, it was a huge. I mean, yeah. I, I reported literally to me that's a huge deal. Like, it's I'm a like, huge deal. but like that's t- that's like what told me already how fucked up London was growing yeah. up. Because like literally two seconds, oh yeah, oh yeah, family free murdered seven year old. <laughs> oh, today um, Tottenham's playing Arsenal. Like seven year old got murdered. <laughs> and, like, yeah, coming like, up yeah. next, like come up next. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no weather. Hi, how you doing? What makes me laugh about like, um, like the reporters is that their motion changes so quickly. Like, yeah, yeah family free murdered. Oh, moving on to the sports. Yeah, like, <laughs> the job. The job really does change you. I mean, like, I got to the stage where I was like listening to people's cancer testimony yeah. and they're sitting there pouring their heart out. And I don't get me wrong, like you feel it. Um, yeah. But I'm sitting there going, like asking for spellings. And like, you know, like, you know, they're like, anyway, so the doctor said that, you know, I had to... Uh, Cardio, uh, bloody, blah, I don't know, one of those words that my girlfriend likes to use that scare the shit out of me and I have to try and repeat back when I'm trying to learn more. I just, I keep trying to visualize this stuff. I cannot do it. Um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, like, and, but then I'll have to ask what the spelling is for that. And they're talking about how they're dying. And after a little while, you just kind of get completely jaded. Um, not, not totally ace you know, like you don't, I mean, you care, but if you, it's a bit like with doctors where they just sort of stop. Or police people, where they just sort of come in and it's you know it's another murder or it's another something like that, and it becomes your business. And it's, it's I kind guess of you weird. have to sort of like de um de de associate yourself from yeah yeah you otherwise do. you literally crumble. Well, not in this job. I mean, let's face it, I did do yeah. a lot of stories on cats, and like yeah. you know, like some guy lost forty five. Well, I mean, if you're doing Saturday, stories of like awesome. if you're seeing people being killed or being like dying, oh, you don't stuff. see it yourself. Yeah. But you go into the aftermath. Yeah, you would have to sort of like desensitize yourself. Be, yeah, cope. and we have a lot of rules. I mean, for example, um, suicides we won't touch. Um, I don't know if that's just my paper, but you know, like low, you know, like anyone, any if it turned. I mean, if I I was sent to scene of where someone had committed suicide, a young girl had committed suicide. I think she was twenty one or something, and um, I was sent to the scene, and I was oh, it was really weird because I saw the dad or the uncle come out, and his heart just broke on the lawn. Um, and it was really, really hard to watch. But you st- I'm standing there and I'm trying to ask people around what had happened. And, you know, you're not, you're never the good guy. You know, you, you feel a bit like, a bit awkward sometimes. I think you have to get over that to do Because essentially you're profiteering off of like some I wouldn't say it's profiteering. It's the, it's but it's like you're living to like report. Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, and like, if it's like some, somebody's like lost their family, the entire family died. You're essentially we, making not, no, money out. We, we don't, as a local news person, you don't, you're not that evil, yeah. horrible, sort of nasty report. We're not hiding any bushes. Um, but there have, well, we call it a death knock. Um, if there's a significant death, um, then it's important. That, not important, but like we would go to the family and just ask if they wanted to 
have a tribute in our paper or want to talk about it. And I wouldn't say, and don't get me wrong, that's a grim thing to do. But And there have been times when, you know, we've been chased off of people's lawns completely. I, I totally understand why I've been told to fuck off a fair few times. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's very, I mean, but there are times when it goes, when people do want to talk about it. And I think that that's quite important is that you go in there with an objective attitude to somebody and you listen to what they say about it. Um, and you listen to how they feel and then you talk about what, you know, what, what you want to write and how you're going to present it. Um, I don't think there's ever been a case that I've handled poorly. Um, at least I hope not. Um, and I think that we have rules. I mean, what's the worst case you've ever dealt with? Um, um, been a couple. I mean, I was, um, I'd say that one of my first ones was quite difficult. Um, there was a, uh, a traveler kid, um, he died. And uh, the family rung us up to, and we found out about it. And the family just said, you know, like, uh, hi, uh, just want to make sure you guys aren't writing anything silly about, you know, my grandson. And I was just like, do you, like, you want to do a tribute to him? And um, I got chatting with the family and, you know, like, got to know them a little bit. Um, and travellers are notoriously sort of insular and very sort of private. I went to the funeral um, and it was a little bit, um, I don't know, I found it remarkably dignified, actually. And everyone's all like, oh, travellers, you know, it's going to be like my big fat gypsy wedding and stuff. But so, um, there's still a kid who's dying. Do you know if they're like being called um, gypsy or... Uh, no, um, I don't think you're allowed gypsy. to call them gypsy anymore. Is that assaulted? Well, I was... No, I just think it's a bit like sort of moving with the times. I think we call yeah. them travellers now. Travellers, sure. okay. Yeah, I mean... We actually, actually have them around here. Right, actually, around really? the corner. Yeah. Around the corner. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like, yeah. But um, I think we have them... Well, I don't know. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh. I've never like spoken what to them. What kind of travelling are they going to do in central London? I don't know. They like literally have their caravans around the corner. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. We, we I don't. Know, I don't, I don't know exactly how it works and everything. How I don't know. No, you get. Um, I think they get the council have to give you give travel make traveller camps for every yeah. sort of. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, I've never ha- interacted with them or anything, but. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think that any sort of closed community is quite difficult yeah. to approach. I mean, yeah. for example, I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to interact with any other community yeah. that wasn't some, you know, like, wasn't, or like, you know, particularly sort of, yeah, if you have a closed community, it kind of goes back to what we were saying episode one about xenophobia. I wouldn't say I was afraid of people, but um, I think generally people tend to keep to themselves um, and we'll talk to people who have things in common with them and stuff. And I think that if, you know, I think there is a lot of stigma around travellers and I think that, um, although so, they do play into it sometimes, like when we went to the, uh, <laughs> my photographer was a bit nervous, when we went to this funeral, we went to the um, the local uh, camp and they were great people, I really liked them. I mean, given the circumstances, um, you know, like they were about to bury the kid and, um, but I met the guy, my contact, uh, who was the grandfather of the kid and he... Um, and he was like, oh, how you doing? You know, how you doing, Les? And, you know, really nice guy. And then, um, and then my photographer stood there. And, this, and he just turned around to the photographer and goes, oh, you wouldn't want to be taking pictures around here, boys. I think yeah. it's uh, it's best if you if you turn around. And I um, just shat himself. I don't really know much about the traveller community. Is it like an Irish based thing? Or? Well, I mean, this particular bunch, uh, I think it was a mixture of Irish and... Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I I've seen know. it in film and it always seemed to have an Irish accent. I think that's just more of a stereotype. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, how black people represented yeah. in film probably have a, you know, like to be rappers. I don't know. I think, you know, I think a lot of communities are misunderstood. I think, but I also think that um, there are times when people don't, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to call. But I think that what everyone always forgets is that there's always going to be a couple of bad eggs. There's always going to be a couple yeah. of, but there's going to be a lot. I mean, when my bike was stolen in Liverpool, the community were amazing and they were really rallied around me. Um, they helped me find my bike within days. How there, did you go about, um, finding I put your bike? it on Facebook groups. Okay. And within three or four days, I had phone calls from people saying yeah, where it was. Okay. Uh, people were happy to stand up in court and say about it. And the only people who weren't, who didn't seem to be on board, ironically, were the, the police. police. And it was pathetic. Um, but you know, I mean, that's something that makes me very, very angry. And you know, I'm not going to name names, but suffice to say that that particular constable, I could, I feel very confident about the fact that I could go into that office, shit on his desk, and walk away completely yeah. scot free. I mean, what a fucking <laughs> idiot! I, I mean, I mean, it's just why would you be? A, he was a hindrance to his own investigation. <laughs> this guy was a fucking idiot. That's like, why. That's why I think people don't report. Like, oh, there's no point. Everyone was telling me the same. It's like the police don't care. The police don't care. They ain't going to do shit. Yeah, and that's I mean, why people don't I report like petty crimes address. anymore. If you got mugged or anything, I don't think people are going to bother reporting it because you're no. just wasting everybody's time. Yeah, they just told me like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah there's no point, and they they, they see it as an insurance. Unless, thing. Unless, like, oh, are yeah. you insured? Yeah. Oh, okay then. Unless you got insurance, literally. Unless you got insurance, that's the only reason why to ever go in, really. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I wanted to go there, but it's in Liverpool and I don't live in Liverpool. Yeah. I'm six hours away. And, you know, surprise, surprise, I don't have any fucking wheels to go get it with. And this fucking, you know, these kids are just jump going up and down the goddamn road in broad daylight without helmets. Police specialists who are completely useless if they yeah. can't track down known criminals with an actual address. And there's... I mean, like, they, I told them where it was at the time, told them exactly where it was. I had an eyewitness watching the bike outside this address. And this policeman goes, um, just goes, oh, hi. Uh, you know, goes, oh, um, don't worry. Our officers are on their way now. Yeah. 14 hours later, not a single blue light. I get this surly bitch policewoman ring me up because I had to nag them into doing something at 10 a.m. the next fucking day i mean like you know i was i mean i was drinking that night before because i just had a shitty week and i'm sitting there with the boys and i've just lost my motorbike and the guys are just like you know like, all right pub, 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 pub. so we spent the sunday in the pub and i this is when this whole thing kicks off i got told off by the fucking guys on facebook oh by the way one of the merseyside police police um talk to us type facebook's isn't even active there's one guy on it like you know and like when they referred the the case they referred it to somebody who didn't even who was a who was a desk jockey not even a proper you know like i'm not saying he wasn't a proper policeman i'm sure he was but you know he told me he's like look honestly i'm not gonna go out because i can't go out and i'm like what are you grounded like you know like does mummy say no this these fuckers wouldn't even check on facebook oh yeah please can't go on facebook uh unless it's a facebook search it's an official thing. And I mean, how is that fucking costing them any money? Okay. They, they can't use Google Docs. They can't use, um, they can't use, uh, any, uh, they can't share photos on Google. They can't do, um, they haven't got any sort of personal accounts they can use. They can't, uh, use WeTransfer, which is like the most basic shit. So I have to send these idiots. I mean, this is like three weeks later, by the way. So my bike's already been burned out and I was still, no, sorry, no, two weeks later. So I've already identified who it was. I've already given them four different sightings. The, these fuckers have gone past the police on my bike who were all on high alert. Don't worry. They're all searching the area. The fuck they were <laughs> fucking bullshit fucking lying bastards these fuck nuts they go oh yeah the NPR cameras number plate recognition system will definitely pick it up I'm like but I've just told you they've taken the number plate off because they're yeah, not complete no, they're not complete you. idiots no well they fucking are because two of them are like oh my god like these kids are definitely not going to school yeah because but then again they're making more money than I fucking am if they sold it if they had intelligence to anyway because that thing was unique but that, that's a basic thing you steal a car you steal a bike you change the, the number plate change the number plate yeah but I mean they just, just drive around they just drive around without helmets I mean hopefully someone can kill the f- I mean like sorry no killing you know fuck it yeah I don't know drag them across the goddamn road I don't care <laughs> That's what, and I told the policeman I was like look it's perfectly okay with me if you uh, knock the bike over if they're on it I am perfectly fine with taking the damage for it as long as you retrieve the bike. And he goes, oh, uh, we have to be aware of the safety of the offender. I'm like, no, I think they took that risk when they hopped on my bike. So, hold on, to segue into something else, do you think that we're too lenient as a country? Because No, I think that having been in a bit... I think it depends on the case. I think because, that on a case-to-case um, basis. Because you know, like, in this country, um, the prison sentences are um, cut in half. Yeah, if you... Because it's like... Good behavior or something. Not like even that, that. is um, really? essentially... One day is counted as two, so every right. any sentence that you get in this country is literally cut in half. So I don't if you get, sense. so I know people that have got nine years in prison, but that's essentially four and a half years. Then but, four and a half years, then you get probation on that, which cuts yeah, it down to three. And also, like, what is like you know, suspended sentencing? I don't get that yeah. either. I mean, like, can't we just replace that with community service or? Yeah, because suspended sentence. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, having been on sort of, I mean, I'm not going to incriminate myself at all, but I mean, I've watched a lot of cases. And I think that there are cases where um, where people do act in the heat at the moment. I'm not saying that, you know, that murder yeah. guy, I mean, he definitely deserves to go down for the rest of his life. But the one that you're talking about, the one from New Zealand? Uh, what's that one? Where he, I don't know, he killed somebody in New Zealand. I don't know. Is I don't know. I, I think, what, you mean, oh, the one with the traveller and she got choked yeah, to death. Yeah, um, yeah um, I don't know. I think that it depends on, I mean, because if you kill someone by accident, I think, Obviously, that's quite an extreme circumstance. I but do you know you can get as little as a man, um, community service for killing somebody? Well, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, it, I think depends, it depends. Every that's why, and also complete immunity. Yeah. If you're a U.S. diplomat. Yeah, yeah, bitch. Yeah, um, um, you know, like what the fuck was that as well? Like you know, oh, that's the thing about the law that there's no like set guidelines. Of essentially, you can't you can't really say oh 
for doing this crime, you get a minimum of five years. You, you can sort of say it, but you can't really because each... There's a, there's no, for the record, we may be incorrect because um, we don't tend to do that much in-depth research yeah, before we these episodes. We just kind We're of. just discussing it from our point of view yeah. and not actually... Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, legal legal disclaimer here. Yeah. <laughs> we may get a little bit skewed. Please do your own research before you send us out your emails. <laughs> Um, <laughs> don't quote me don't quote yeah, me yeah do not quote us in court uh, <laughs> we get, we could get well actually no I don't think we can get in trouble if you're an no, idiot no you get in yeah, trouble don't use a podcast for your court defense that's yeah, fucking you dumb. fucking idiot yeah <laughs> Jesus Christ I mean, come on like you know if you're doing that you probably did it let's be honest yeah. um, like, it's like, hey according to uh, these people um, according, you know, like, according to Marlon White and Leslie <laughs> Steed Steve, and there's us two in the fucking yeah. dock like come on guys it was it, it was locker room banter it was locker room banter did you see much rum I drunk on this podcast <laughs> Jesus yeah I mean like I'm only on like half a glass of wine Jesus yeah. could you imagine if we recorded it at Fucking, mine once look how much rum I just drank Jesus mate you gotta slow down on that that's like a whole that's like that's, the, that's more than a double I do have a little bit of a drinking problem yeah, I don't know if I you know say yet I had a bit of a drinking problem but I'd say you know like you like your rum on a Friday night yeah on a Friday night I don't drink during the week because that's probably why then I mean, you know, like, that, you're that means you have a problem on a Friday mate, night I've had, I've had a hell of a week yeah well I think I'm gonna drink there. some rum <laughs> I think that by the time I get my missus, no, I'm gonna have rum breath tonight. Oh god, yeah, no. Oh, I got told off for that the other day. Like, okay, so like World Cup, like, yeah, it was the it was the World, England England World Cup. So just to um add a disclaimer, we're just going off point again. So go back to the English World Cup. Uh, yeah, okay, so no, I, yeah, I got, wait, go back to what World Cup? Oh yeah, the World Cup. Yeah, so I went there and um and because she lives quite far away, she was gonna come up and visit me, but because she's super healthy, she went to the gym first instead. Ugh. And like you know, I was like, I was like, no, come on, we're drinking from ten a.m. She knew, she knew the score, all right. And then like I got, so I get home at like three, and then some other mates of mine told me they were around the corner at the pub um, for this evening event that me and that she and I were going to it was like this bonfire in um, in a in a in a uh, village called Brockham, and um, every year it's absolutely packed. Oh, it's amazing, and they just do the best fireworks. I think the people who do the fireworks for that, I think they might be the same ones who did um, like the Millennium uh, fireworks in London. So it's you know I mean it's an it's 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 a quite big event on the calendar you know on the on the village calendar year, um, these people were like okay so I was like you know going to see them because it's the only time I ever see them I brought the dog for security. By the time she gets there, it's like sort of six p.m. and I'm like I've had about I don't know eight pints at that point throughout the day. Surely give me a kiss. You know, like, because you, oh no, you got beer breath. Well, no <laughs> shit, dickhead. Like, you know, like, it's like, you know. Well, beer, beer's not that bad, though. Like, beer, I, I, I've been told, like, whiskey is really bad. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, it's, yeah. I, I wonder what makes, like, gives you the worst breath. Although, oh. oh, there was this case, I, I don't know if it was, like, a, on per, uh, you know, it was a joke or not, but this girl, her um, boyfriend persuaded her that she had bad breath and the best way to cure it was a blowjob every day. Uh, <laughs> and, like, you know, and all the comments underneath it are just like, it's like, yeah, honey, no, no, he's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd ever be able to date someone that stupid. <laughs> that, I don't know. What, that's what, like, what a woman. <laughs> it gets to a point where you're like, if you, when you know you're so much more intelligent than your other half, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. then, because I, I don't know. I, I went, I don't know about you, but I, I don't think I could do it. I just, what would you talk about? Because like, I think age is one thing. Yeah, I think there's, there's one thing of being like slightly more intelligent than your other half. But yeah, then, but that's when, normal. I mean, Mike's yeah, definitely yeah. had a But, then, when there's, points on but, but when there's like a crazy difference where like literally their intelligence is like childlike compared to your intelligence, you can literally use the same manipulation that you could do to a five-year-old to a fucking grown adult is like... Yeah, I don't think anyone's actually like, you know, as an adult, I think that's almost a fictitious level of dumb. I don't know. I think some people are that crazy. We know few people... I don't say they're crazy, I just say we're dumb. Like, dumb, but we know a few people that we've gone to uni... Really accurate, we, or stupid, or I don't know. We've, we gone to, we, we've gone to university with a few people that are on that level. We don't advertise our university very well. So we're going to talk about, um, what's the reverse catfish? The reverse catfish is where you um, go on a date with some... Oh yeah, because I was on Hinge quite a bit this year. Um, I feel like a couple of months anyway in between girlfriends. And that's how you, you know, that's how you're fishing when you're, um, well, I, was, I live in a village for fuck's sake. Um, so when we were in, um, where was it? We were in, um, yeah, I was on Hinge and this girl said that I was a reverse catfish, which is where your, your pictures are shit and... Um, you and people are like, oh, I don't know how good looking this person is, yada yada, and they meet you and you're better looking in person than you are in your pictures. And I have this problem where I look like an egg with with a bit of hair in pictures, 
Uh, you know, just this little hair, you know, an egg with a beard. And like my forehead is just ridiculous. Um, you know, just the kids, my kids who I used to teach just call me the whiteboard. Because um, like, you have forehead, mister, it's so big. Because <laughs> in Indonesia, they don't hold their punches. Um, you know, like they'll come so up to you. Say, so not, like, not to be rude or anything, but have you noticed that your hairline's receding? Yeah, it's very hurtful. Thank you for bringing it up on public. Don't worry, don't worry. Um, like, yeah, um, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm you're completely bored. Yeah, yeah, so you genuinely I've been bored for. <laughs> admittedly bored since January because yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen you with, but, that, um, with proper hair like you know like, but no one's I've been you. technically going bored since 2013 but, um, that's not too bad but now I've, I've committed to it yeah but I mean it looks good on you yeah. I don't think I could pull off the same yeah. look I think I just end up looking like yeah, you know, even more of an egg with the beard <laughs> which you know it's probably the look I'm going to have to go, yeah. to go for when I'm older but I think that yeah, when you hit around about sort of like mid to late twenties, it it varies. Obviously, it's, you know. No, no what fucked up about me though? I, have, I I I can't grow a full beard. Really? Yeah, that's the that's the fucked I up. Just, that, it's not a fair, it's not a fair trade off because like people I see that have gone bald, they yeah. got they got a fuck off beard. So like, yeah, I mean, you, you can you counteract. Can't, like, you're, yeah. you're like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, right, the, yeah, the, 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 the hair's gone from your head. Mm. So you got you got your beard. It's a fair it's a fair trade off. You got a full. My, mine's like, hold on. You do look a little bit like a farmer. If, yeah. you, were, if you were a flat cap, you'd yeah. look like a farmer. So I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I've lost my hair on my head and I can't grow a full bed. What, what, oh, what, yeah, what are you doing? This education thing doesn't work so, out. So, so what, sheep to herd. Yeah, so what are you doing? <coughs> like, you're doing a half a job here. Like, do the full job here at least. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I always had these little fangs coming down from my yeah. moustache, so I look like a shit biker. And I, no, it's not like, fair. You need, you need, you need, like, one, like, you need one or the other. You need to be a, like, we need to talk to God, and we need to make an arrangement where, like, okay, you got to make if you're gonna make men bald, you give them a full bed so yeah. they can grow. No, no, to be fair, they, Jeff they can they can comb their they can go out there and comb their bed and feel like feel like a good guy like me. I I, I can grow well, half can, a bed. You can comb that a little bit. I can comb it a little bit, but I can grow I can grow half a bed. Which is not fair. I, if I want to lose my hair, it's not too patchy. I mean, yeah, like, you know, like you've yeah. got like you know, gonna, you've got like it's in the right places. Yeah. At least. If I'm gonna grow, it'd be really I'm, weird. If it was like so tough down yeah. here, like like a cat's whiskers. Or if something. I'm gonna lose my hair, I want to be able to grow a full beard and be like walking around. I don't know. I mean, my brother, he's um, my brother's got a, a similar problem where, um, but we've got this thing on at Christmas where it's um, giving each other the shittest gifts you can. So <laughs> I've already bought his, and it's a straight bladed razor, and I'm gonna teach him how to shave. And he's like 28. He's <laughs> 28. Yeah, he's getting old now. Um, oh, yeah, you're only two years apart, anyway. Yeah, well, he's a successful one. Um, you know, <laughs> what did he do? I'm the one who's gonna be a writer. What did he do? Um, he works in. I, I, you know, those jobs that people have sometimes where it's like. They give you the job title and you're like, uh-huh. You don't have no clue what you mean. And all you're trying to really ask is how much you make, actually. Yeah. And they're never going to tell you. Um, but then you see them driving nice cars. No, oh, no, he don't drive anything. Company. I mean, he's so tight, he squeaks when he sits down, bless him. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a guy who charged me for a drink. Um, you know, it's like, you're around. It's like, and he actually squeaks. Um, like, it's really, like my, yeah, I've met your brother once. He's a good guy, he really he's, is. He's he's like, you guys are not, the, not, not like... He's the sort of more reserved, sort of quiet. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's quiet. He's 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 more respectable. Let's yeah. put it that way. Whereas yeah. I'm sort of, I'll just tell you anything, and you know, it's like it's, I what, think you're probably the same person, but with you have no filter. Yeah, I think that's kind of thematic. And you're a bit, you're a bit random. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's partially actually. Yeah, that's 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 perfect way to describe you. You're very random. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think that's a lot to do with the ADHD yeah. as well. But yeah, I think that's very, something I haven't been, like, you know, I've only it makes it interest. Ever. It makes you interesting. I like it. Okay, so we've been talking a bit too long now, and I'm sure you're probably going to be intimidated if we go any further. So stay tuned for part two coming soon.